everyone, and welcome to The Art of Podcasting, episode 28, The Dreaded Pod Feed, recorded October 21st, 2012, and brought to you by Element OP Productions, elementop.com. This week, we're going to talk about how you can avoid burnout. It's going to happen to everyone. Steve has something like 74 billion shows under his belt, and James has recorded roughly more hours of video than there have been since the beginning of time. Those are two guys who know something about burnout, and they will tell us wonderful things, I'm sure. And that is, of course, James, the Professor Messer of ProfessorMesser.com. Hiya, James. Ah, another podcast. (laughs) And Steve... How to podcast.biz Cherubino. Hiya, Steve. This is tiring. <laughs> I know what you mean. <laughs> At least we're going with the theme, aren't we? Yeah, we're we're hamming it up. Hey Mark, how's it going? Good. Hi, Mark. I actually had in the notes. I put two bullet points and then wrote, I'm too burdened out to make any more notes. <laughs> so I made the guys do the rest of it. I made one. You did. A note. So, uh, Steve? We have notes? You're getting fired up by something on fire. Let's talk <laughs> about that. I actually, believe it or not, I don't listen to hardly any podcast. The only podcast I have been listening to um, for a while is uh, Tech News Today on the Twit Network. But recently, a fellow named John Dumas interviewed me for Entrepreneur on Fire, which I think is funny whenever somebody interviews me for anything, because... I don't know. It's just weird. But anyway, I, I, I enjoy interviews, actually. And um, I don't I, think I'm qualified. In case you qualif- haven't noticed, Steve, I interview you every week. I mean, I don't think I'm as, as qualified as his other guests. But uh, that's what I was trying to say. Anyway, I started listening to his show, and um, I, I really get excited uh, listening to his show of, of stories of entrepreneurs. I mean, it's really motivating. He do, and he he cranks them out. He does one every or five five of them a week. So every weekday he comes out with a new one. Yeah, he's he's like this show may apply to him in a couple months. The show we're about to do, um, but he's just cranking them out. And I listen to every one now and uh, really just get new ideas on how to perform in my business. New ideas on creating new stuff for my business and. Uh, I'm really getting a lot out of it. So uh, in all all parts of my life, you know, like motivation for business, for weight, for anything. So uh, I'm really liking it. I rec- recommend people go check it out. It's at entrepreneuronfire.com. I've really been considering starting a motivational podcast, but I just can't make up my mind whether I want to do it. Maybe <laughs> I should, maybe not. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> and James... Don't change anything. None but love. None but love. <laughs> so you have in there, if you change one thing. I to get, you had to give me time. I'm still flipping over to the Sorry. notes. <laughs> this, Sorry. You would think I'd be right on it. I was so busy. I was entrenched in the entrepreneuronfire.com that website. Is a blue that I web completely forgot right I was doing a podcast and thought perhaps I should contribute. I did. I was, I've spent the week. I think I mentioned last week, I've been spending the week creating the studio version 3.x. I'm trying to do upgrade everything and put new equipment in. And if I put new equipment in, then perhaps I'll take this opportunity to do something different with what I am doing. And 
of course, as you start planning out how you're going to make this change, especially since I do so much video, I'm looking to to integrate some things with video. Because right now, if you're watching the live stream, you're watching a live feed of me. You're seeing the video of of what I am doing here. And that is a different camera than I use to do the video for my videos I put on YouTube and for the, the live things that I that I create. So I wanted to merge those things together. Just a simple task. Just take a USB camera, get rid of that, go straight HDMI, straight HD for everything, oh, yeah, yeah. digital You're, signal. I'm sorry, I have to interrupt you for a minute. Did you just say no. that something with technology would be a simple task? One would think. Well, it's just a, just take get rid of the camera. That's all I'm doing. Let's throw that camera out. I really thought uh, you were a smart guy, but that statement well, makes me wonder. Clearly, you don't know me well. <laughs> The uh, the process of doing that I thought would be relatively simple, but I'm one of these guys where if I'm planning to add a new piece of equipment, because this would require a new interface to bring in that HDMI signal, because I don't bring in raw HDMI into my computer right now. The, the, the problem is that I have to read every possible review of everything that I'm ever going to purchase. And so I get entrenched in Amazon. And the problem with Amazon is I find it's a lot like Wikipedia. I start on one topic and then all of a sudden I'm reading about the, the French revolution for some reason. How <laughs> I was, I was reading about cameras. How did I get the French revolution? So, um, th that's one of the problems I have on Amazon as well. I start here and all of a sudden uh, I'm reading about one particular piece of video interface and now I'm looking at some game from Milton Bradley and I don't know why. <laughs> um, so, so I have to refocus, bring it back in. Um, and of course you have to rethink your process. When you change one thing in your studio, it also changes how you process the flow of everything that you're doing. So I'm just trying to, to bring that in and, uh, and think good thoughts. I'm a vessel of love. I am a vessel of love. And as long as, uh, we keep happy thoughts like that, I think it'll be all right, but I'm still, still piecing it together. So perhaps next week or the week after I'll finally figure out what I want to do with the rest of my life. Ah, uh, wait, the geek in me wants more details, James. What happened oh, no. with it when you tried to feed HDMI in? It just didn't work at all? Well, right now, I have a computer that is two years old. And I mentioned last week, my lease is up on this, and I'm getting new equipment. The new equipment will have high-speed interfaces that can support, and and these, these are, are single iMac systems. They don't have interface cards to put in them. So I have to think about, do I get a, a Mac Pro? Because I'm a Mac guy for the things that I do. Do I get a Mac oh, Pro for those Mac interfaces? Pro. Do I buy a separate computer or a separate uh, standard uh, appliance that does the recording? There's options there as well. Do I uh, get a, a Thunderbolt-based HDMI connection that can feed that HDMI signal into my computer? That would be nice. And that's, that's what I'm going with for the moment. Uh, we're going to see how that turns out. Interesting. Yes, I'd like to know that because that's something I always wanted to do is do my stuff in HD and that H the the whole because it was FireWire. A camera I was using was FireWire and it just bottlenecks. You couldn't get HD synced up with audio. Yeah. So HDMI yep. was definitely the way to go, and I just never made it happen. So I'm curious to see how you do. It's uh, most of what I've looked at are things on Blackmagic. Uh, is the company mm -hmm. Blackmagic? Maybe I can find their website here real quick for the people watching live. Uh, that's the company I've been looking at for a lot of their products, just to, to get a feel for some of the things that would be available. And they've got quite a, a lot of different options because they do primarily broadcast 
capable technologies. So there's everything from video switchers there to high definition interfaces into a Windows, a Linux, a Mac OS 10 device. There are Thunderbolt and USB 3.0 interfaces. And I've, I've been reading nice things about these intensity shuttles and other interfaces. So it's, it's been a lot of fun actually going through. I, I like to get into that thing and roll around in it for a while. So that's been kind of nice to. They're, they're, uh, let's see, the, the one that I'm looking at for Thunderbolt, uh, is $239. So about what I paid for my audio interface, not that expensive for high definition video. Yeah. Um, yeah, James, so some, you and I travel in different circles because to me, that's very <laughs> expensive. Well, the problem is I'm going to some of these sites that do production level type, type detailed video switching and i could spend twenty thousand dollars on what i want to do right. in this studio so uh, 239 bucks is a bargain you could always get a tricaster those are only 12k well the, no no they're either 5k or 20 okay. there's no 12k version any longer <laughs> yeah and that well, would yep. do everything and that's i mean that's what those boxes are designed to do they, they take multiple audio multiple video and makes it mix it like butter and it's awesome but you're gonna pay for it and, and then you're getting into SDI connections, which is a very high-end video audio digital connection over coax. You're getting into, obviously, large costs associated with that. Um, there's some great capabilities with having that functionality, but some nice costs that come with that as well. What's funny, though, is, is relatively speaking, you know, the, the 20K TriCaster is roughly a million-dollar TV studio 15 years ago. Yeah. No question. Yeah. And I've been piecing together uh, the video switching technologies from Blackmagic. They have some fantastic video switching things that they've acquired and they've created through the years and uh, very inexpensive. They can they can piecemeal a similar configuration to what you would get in a TriCaster, except they are, they are different pieces of equipment that you would put into a rack. So I've been looking at that configuration. I've been looking at TriCaster configuration. I've been looking at changing out and getting different cameras. So all, you know, the project begets a project right. begets a project. And I'm in the middle of it. When the multi-state Powerball that's currently at $71 million kicks <laughs> in, when that quick pick ticket I bought pays out, I'm going to have all sorts of good gear. I can't wait. James, would you say you have gear acquisition syndrome? I, I have uh, what, what we call in our house restaurant envy, um, which is when you're in the restaurant and you've, you've ordered your meal. And then while you're waiting for your meal, some <laughs> runner walks by delivering the food to another table. And you look at it and go, oh, that's, look at that. I should have, I should have had that right there. And yes. so now, of course, I'm in the middle of, I have all this equipment, but then I go to other, other sites where they're using some of this high-end equipment. Wow, look at that. They're using a TriCaster. That's beautiful. Did you see that transition? That's amazing. <laughs> I wonder if he's doing the green screen functionality. Whoa, look at him zoom out. That's me. That's great. You ever been to the bank in the middle of a day? Because banks are only open in the middle of the day. And you wonder, how any, how does anything ever get done? Because you had to take off of work to go to the bank. And there's all these people just out driving around. And they don't seem to have – how does anything happen? Does, do, do people not work for a living? Because there's, there's, just, there's just people out driving Everywhere. around. And, and you know, how is it that a bank can only be open from 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. when the entire world works from 8 a.m. to 4 p.m. Or, 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 or later? How does that happen? Well, I had one of those moments just this week. It, 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 paused, it caused me to think of if it weren't for the last minute – 
Would anything ever get done? I mean, if if the last minute uh, didn't exist, would anything ever happen? I don't think so. I had like four things this week at work. It was like, you know, we, we have this hard deadline approaching. We're, we're 12 days away. And suddenly this thing that requires 30 days of work just got dropped uh. on us. <laughs> uh, and then, you know, here in my own podcast life, um, here it is Sunday afternoon, roughly three hours before I have to go on. And I, go, I realize, oh, crap, I forgot to book a guest for this wow. for our Linux show this week because one of our guys is going to be out and I didn't do it. Um, but everything works because you make it happen at the last minute and everything it's, works at the last minute. It's because of, yeah, it's necessity. Right. It's just necessity really forces you to get stuff. Necessity takes you up a couple notches, always above where you think you could have gone before. So I guess if you can make necessity all the time, you'd get a lot of, a lot of stuff done, right? Yeah. They say necessity is the mother of invention. I say that desperation is the mother of innovation. You, Ooh. You will get creative when you get desperate. That's true. Good one. I'm experiencing that. I just came up with that. That's good. I I'll, like I'll write that. that. Copyright. Trademark. Mark Cockrell, 2012. <laughs> All right. So, so we were see, having what's a- the show about? We were having a- Well, before we get to that, we were having a little discussion off the air, and James said, you know, guys, we, we sort of do a show about <laughs> podcasting, and this conversation you're having might actually be good on the show- so what we're going to try to do now is reenact in a stilted way the very natural conversation we just had before I hit record. <laughs> uh, we were talking about um, equipment. James, uh, no, not James, Steve, nope. uh, s- chastised me for not using a real DAW, essentially, uh, and said I should get uh, Studio One. This and, is DAW. You're referring to a digital audio workstation? Yes, DAW digital audio workstation we've we've talked about it before we've talked about reaper we've talked about studio one we've talked about uh uh pro tools is the big guy uh and i said you know i like audacity for one or two reasons they're they're most daws are not audio editors they're audio mixers and they fall down in the area of audio editing audacity is an audio editor that also has mixing capabilities so the one thing that i still do on every track I do, everything I do is run a noise removal on it. And um, Steve was telling me that, uh, you know, you can't do, or actually, I sort of challenged him. Can you do that in, in Studio One? And he was like, yeah, if you buy a plug-in. Um, and uh, so the, the, my point was I'm using really cheap audio connectors here. And so ironically, because I use cheap stuff, I have to use a free software. Because the good software assumes you have good hardware. And doesn't include those features in it. That's sort of my point. And then we got on a discussion. You, you I agreed with you that it, it would be more difficult to do noise reduction with uh, Studio One. And Audacity does have its place. And I even use Audacity when I need no- noise reduction. Um, but then you mentioned that you were going to try Reaper for some things. Now, why were you going to try Reaper? Well, I've used Reaper, and I like Reaper, and it's cheap. Uh, and really, those three things uh, in and of themselves are, are enough. So it, at the point when I have to abandon Audacity, and it will happen, it's a given. At some point, I'm going to outgrow it uh, uh, because it's it's an entry-level tool. Uh, Reaper is probably where I'm going to go because it's uh, I like the interface of it. It's it's very smooth. It comes with a, a ton of free plugins uh, that, that work really well. They're high-quality plugins. And you can get it for... Um, Oh, I forget. Some, yeah, like 60 It's It's cheap if you're just a one-man show. 
And if you're a pro, it's still not much. It's probably uh, a couple hundred, I think, is their top of the line uh, price on it. Well, I challenge you. I mean, Reaper's great, but I challenge you, download free trials of other dolls and compare them. And when you're done with that, let me know which one you like. Have you done that before? I haven't because I like Audacity, and so I haven't really yeah. moved on. Well, I mean, to when it's else. time to switch, go ahead right. and just because almost all of them have free trials except right. Cubase, I think, and maybe Pro Tools. But um, I don't like them both anyway. Try all the other ones, and uh, you might find one that you just it really fits for you. I mean, there's and on all the the audio forums like Gear Sluts and all these forums for audio creation there's wars on a constant basis of which doll is the best i don't get involved with them but i sometimes enjoy reading them just to, just to see a little flame war stand stand on the side and watch the flame war you know but um there is no best for anybody listening out there there is no best it's whatever one works for you so but you know my kind of do. my tightwad ethos that is is is, is that is ingrained in my my very being uh says that why should you pay anything for anything even if it's cheap if you can do it for free and, and for right now and for the foreseeable future, audacity meets my needs. It does it really yeah. well. And it's not only free as in doesn't cost anything, but it's free as in open. And, um, you know, I, while I'm not that kind of guy, probably what the, the thing right now that is the hang up, uh, is, uh, it doesn't do ASIO drivers, which we talked about before. And because they're non-free audacity can't, um, distribute them. There are ways that you could do it. So probably rather than buying a DAW, I would pay somebody to come onto my hardware and compile uh, Audacity with ASIO drivers because you're not allowed. You can't distribute it, but you can do it yourself. So I would pay somebody to do that less than I would pay to buy a DAW and continue using Audacity. Just because um, you know, at that point, it's not a functionality; it's just a an, a, a, an ethical stand. I like to use the the open source stuff, but at some point, yeah. I'm sure I'll outgrow it. Uh, and when that time comes, uh, hopefully, I'll have ridiculous amounts of money to just throw at people, and I'll say, "Jeeves, Jeeves, get me a new DAW, please." <laughs> and then you have our door. Our door is an open source DAW. I have played with our door, and it is really high quality. It's it's also not free. Um, it's a freely uh, available, but it's not expected that you continue to use it for free. Gotcha. But it's highly quality. It's high quality, and it takes over a machine. Audacity th that is the one of the functions, it's the primary function this machine does, but it does many other things. Uh, our door makes your computer an appliance. It turns it into uh, specifically an our door machine. Hmm. So that was just a little aside. That wasn't wouldn't be enough to make a whole show, but. Uh, but before we started recording, actually when we started recording, I hit record and everything worked. James hit record and everything worked. Steve hit record and not so much. So I was like, yeah, how's that fancy doll working out for you now? <laughs> but the sad thing is none of you heard it because we weren't recording yet. I it, heard was, it. We, it was almost a show because our show's halfway done already. <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah, we're 20 minutes in. Uh, so I do have, before we get started, we have a, a question from a listener. Uh, and it could actually kick off an entire show, and if it does, I'm willing to go there, and we can kick the, we can push this off to later. But uh, uh, Bjorn, uh, who was uh, featured on our last show, uh, asked a couple questions. Uh, says with Feedburner's future onshore, we'll talk about that in a minute. I was wondering if you could go into more uh, depth about using podcast generator script and how you automate the process. I'm specifically uh, looking at what ID3 tags you use so that it will. Uh, that all you need to do is upload the FTP file to the correct info, uh, and the correct info goes to the right place. 
In addition, I'd like to know if you have a way to use PodTrack with Podcast Gen. Uh, well, Bjorn, I don't. I have written some automation script and I've hacked a Podcast Generator because I can, because it's open source, to meet those. But it's not as easy as just uploading a file. I still hand type the description. I still hand type the title. Uh, and then I just schedule that to go out using some cron scripts um, at the time that I choose. So basically, I do everything that you would ordinarily do with Podcast Gen uh, through the normal steps. But when I click submit, it doesn't actually submit. It goes into a holding bin so that another script later can fire it off. Um, so that it's it's overly complicated. And while I could show you how to do it, and I would certainly happy, be happy to release you the code, I, I, I'm not encouraging people to do that because it is overly complicated. Uh, but Steve does have a method by which largely all he does is upload the FTP using his Drupal plugin. And I was hoping maybe he'd talk a little bit about that. I set Drupal up so long ago and I was so confused while I was setting up all of Drupal and that I'm not sure exactly what I did, but there is a module on Drupal that either comes with it or you can get from the Drupal community where you can upload a file and it just automatically makes the feed when you upload it. Um, is it, does it come with Drupal mark or does it, is it a separate thing? I can't remember. I, I remember looking into it. I think it's a separate plugin that you, that you yeah. install. Yeah. And, um, that I've been using that forever and it works great. I think that even if FeedBurner didn't exist, I could still make a pretty legit RSS feed just from Drupal. Yeah. And, uh, what he's talking about is there's some, um, some hubbub on the web that FeedBurner may be going away. I, my understanding of the situation is not that. I, I don't see that, that that's what's going to happen. But Drew, uh, uh, Google has been uh, killing some projects recently, and they recently did away with uh, AdSense ads inside FeedBurner feeds. Uh, you you can still you used to be able to have ads show up in your feed without people actually having to go to the site. And for whatever reason, they didn't really explain why they killed that. And they also took away the um, uh, Twitter, Twitter account and something else, maybe the LinkedIn profile really? uh, for FeedBurner. And so yeah. people were saying that because of that, FeedBurner may be dead. I've never used FeedBurner. I just I use the, the RSS feed that Podcast Generator creates. Um, and I just, I, I, if you own your own domain, I don't see the value of podcast gen. I know a lot of people, uh, or excuse me, of, of FeedBurner. I know a lot of people love it, uh, and they talk about how flexible it is, but I own my domain. I own elementop.com. It doesn't matter where I go with it. I can still set that feed up to be whatever I want it to be, No, just the same way that FeedBurner does. So I've never really seen the value of it, and I don't use it. The main reason I used FeedBurner originally was to make my feed nice and iTunes compliant. You know, you, 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 I entered my graphic, I put in a description, and iTunes just took it no problem. That was the main reason I did it. Um, I had, I was, again, back then, I wasn't even too sure how RSS feeds worked. I was writing one manually for a while. It was, it was really messed up. But, um, I, I've, and I don't even go to FeedBurner and check stats. I still do use it, but if FeedBurner went away, I wouldn't go crying. I would just I would use my own domain. But here's the thing. I think, and I don't know even know too much about the issue. I think if Google does anything with it, they're probably just going to remove the name FeedBurner, call it Google Feeds, and make it look more googly, and then it's just going to be another Google property. So I I don't think 
heat burner is going to go away. And I think if they do change anything, they're going to try to just integrate it more into put a G in there somewhere in the title somehow. Yeah, call it Google Plus. You know, Google Plus feeds. Yeah. You have a comment on this, James? There is so much going on with Google right now. This past week, uh, obviously, one of the the big uh, 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 problems that Google had this past week is their stock had to stop trading because somebody leaked their earnings early. And unfortunately, their earnings did not meet the street's expectations. So uh, even though, of course, Google made, uh, looking at the detailed notes, a huge amount of money uh, and profit and did exceptionally well from a dollars and cents perspective when it comes to the street that doesn't matter what matters is what they expect you to be able to make as far as revenue and earnings and they didn't make that so uh, you you've noticed uh, that Google in the past has been very quick to to just completely drop certain things that they have purchased feed burner is an acquisition that Google made so this was not something they made themselves they tend to like and keep the things they make themselves that's not entirely true 100% of the time but they tend to get rid of a lot of things that come from third parties when it doesn't quite fit what they're trying to do and obviously what they're trying to do is make money they are a, a for-profit company and a lot of that revolves around ads and I think a lot of people noticed when AdSense was dropped out of the RSS feeds that that was not a good omen because at that point to Steve's uh, point he just made is that it now becomes a great uh, statistical record keeper of people hitting your RSS feed that's not rocket science you can do that with oh I don't know a million different products so it does allow for flexibility, especially if you move around between hosts or you don't own your domain or things like that as well. But those numbers of people are are now a small number, I would think, compared to what it used to be. So uh, it would not be unusual. What Google did announce that will be happening or, or has perhaps even happened this month was that they were going to disable the APIs, the application programming interfaces for uh, the Google uh, feed burner feeds. What that means is that if you have a website or an application that you have written and it goes out to feed burner to get those statistics to bring it back so that you can programmatically build your own view of that data, those APIs will no longer be available to you. They've been deprecated by Google. You can't get to that data unless you go log into feed burner on their webpage and look at that data. FeedBurner still up and running. I'm logged into it right now. I'm looking at my stats because to Steve's point, I haven't <laughs> looked at my stats in a while. Um, Google has not commented that I can find on what their ultimate, um, the, the ultimate thing will be with, with FeedBurner, their goal for this or the ultimate demise of FeedBurner should that happen. Um, uh, it, it's, it is a product though now that doesn't seem to fit into Google's uh, money making or, or at least into their overall Google plus type view of the world, which seems where everything is, is looking right now with Google and with them not making their street expectation with revenue, one would expect that internally within Google, perhaps the APIs being closed is an example of this, of them cutting back just a bit more so they can make their, the owners, the stockholders of the company much happier. Which is why I've I've long been a proponent of owning your stuff. Don't I, I've never used uh, FeedBurner because I didn't want to be dependent on FeedBurner. Um, there are lots of people out there with FeedBurner feeds. If FeedBurner goes away, they're in trouble. I, I made quite a bit of uh, of dollars. I mean, not I didn't get rich off FeedBurner RSS ad feeds uh, or ads in my feed, but those ads 
did make money for me. And when they got rid of the AdSense ads, it became, well, just as you said, not really that useful at all. And uh, the hidden in the back of his question there also is he asked um, if I had used uh, PodTrack with Podcast Gen. Uh, the answer to that is no, uh, and only because I haven't used PodTrack at all. Uh, I am, as I, I've said a couple of times in the show, I, I'm not really a, a stats hound. Um, I, I don't, I'm not trying to make money by selling ads on these things. Uh, of course, someday I would like to. Uh, and, and of course, when you're going to do that, having accurate stats, it becomes critical, but I don't have enough audience to really make that a big deal right now. Uh, the, the advertisers who are interested are interested because they know me. And they know the show and they know the content and they want to be associated with it. When I'm just selling it to people who don't know me, then I have to have numbers and say, look, this is why you should pay attention to me. I don't have the kind of numbers that could do that yet, so it doesn't matter how I'm tracking them. Well, here's the cool thing I think about PodTrack. It's kind of a win-win. If you put a PodTrack link in your... In other words, all my feeds have like a PodTrack link in there, so they, it gets tracked on PodTrack. When I log into PodTrack, I just simply use PodTrack as like a, a measurement tool, a reports tool. It shows me how many listeners and how many downloads I have accurately. Now, this is cool because I can use it. I can just use it for free as long as I want. But if your shows do start to blow up, Mark, and you start getting thousands and thousands more listeners, PodTrack will automatically take notice because they have been tracking you the whole time. So it's in their system and they'll contact you and say, we want to we want to have send advertisers your way. You wouldn't have to do anything because right. you're already in their system. So it's it doesn't hurt. Right. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I'm just saying that's why I never did. Okay. Uh, so uh and I'm sure it would not be too difficult to uh hack podcast generator into adding the necessary tag to do that. I know that there are other plugins for like if you're using Drupal or uh, WordPress, there are plugins to do that pretty easily. So uh, I don't think I don't think it's really a big deal either way. It's just not something I can speak to because I haven't tried it. Uh, you know, as I've said many times on the show, I'm like the world's worst marketer. Uh, I still believe in that old ethic of do something well and people will pay attention. Um, maybe I'll be proven right. Maybe not. Maybe I'm just a wide-eyed idealist. You should hire a marketer. I, I could do that. Of course, I, I mean, you put out you put out so much content that. Let the marketer do the work. Yeah, of course. That's one of the things you got to spend money to make money. So I'd have to, <laughs> I'd have to spend money to get a marketer in hopes of making money. Uh, so maybe someday I will. Maybe James will do it. He's a brilliant marketer. Maybe I need to hire him to do it. I am a brilliant marketer. That's <laughs> what it says on his podcast on on his business card. James Messer, brilliant marketer, chief explainer. So uh, anything else on that topic before we move on to the actual topic of the show? I think we covered everything in Bjorn's Did we answer question. the question? <laughs> I think we did. Think okay. We, we uh, well, I mean, I told him I can't answer some of the questions. but Yes. Yeah. I never okay. I never use Podcast Generator. I don't I have no idea how it works. So. Uh, PodcastGenerator.SourceForge.org. It's, it's an open source project that, with a super creative name, all it does is make podcast feeds. That's all it does. Hmm. It gives you a really bad website, um, and I went and, and hacked that. There's a there's a 
a feed, a, ro- a relational feed where when you click on it in like iTunes, it goes back to, I changed that so that it goes to my site because I don't want it to go to the really bad podcast generator site. But if all you want to do is put stuff on the web and get an iTunes friendly RSS feed, it's great. Uh, hmm. But it's a script that does run in the background. It's a PHP script. You have to have access to your own server to do it. Uh, so, you know, if you're, if you're looking for, um, you know, one of the nice things about FeedBurner or, or Libsyn or those guys, they do all that for you. You just upload the file there and they make it happen. I'm doing things in a very self-service manner, so it's great. And uh, there are it, it can do multiple podcasts at a time, but I found it easier in my case. I, I've done, I do five shows now. I've done eight overall uh, that I just make a, it, it's so small, I just make a different instance of Podcast Generator each time, rename the directory and point it at that. Uh, so that's that's how I do it. I don't really recommend doing it that way. It's not for everybody. It's for the proto nerd. Uh, but I, I wear that propeller beanie proudly. So that's the way I do it. So when people, you know, it's one of those things people ask me all the time, how do you do stuff? And I always have two answers for them. Here's how I do it. Here's how you should do it. And it's almost never the way I do it. <laughs> that's interesting. Because I like to make things harder on myself than I have to, apparently. I'm, I'm yeah. a techno masochist. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, how can you <laughs> avoid burnout? Because if you're doing things the hardest way possible, like I am, you're bound to end up uh, burning out. I, I read a statistic somewhere. It's actually one of those apocryphal things that's all over the internet, but I don't think anybody has any real data on that says uh, a certain percentage of podcasts die out before they ever get to the seventh episode. There's something magical about the seventh episode. If you make it to number eight, then you're probably going to last a while. Huh, um, that's interesting too. Uh, because people get into podcasting uh, hoping it's going to be a super load of fun, or maybe they're going to get famous overnight. You know, for whatever their reasons, they have their reasons, and they find out it doesn't work that way. And and you know, we've we've said this a number of times over the last twenty seven episodes. Podcasting after a while starts to look a lot like work. Uh, and so when that happens, you kind of have a choice: do you do you put your head down and push through it, or do you give up? And a large percentage of the podcasts that have ever been created chose option B. They gave up. So um, let's just stipulate that we all get burned out. It, it's going to happen. It, no matter who you are, no matter how passionate you are, no matter how excited you are about the subject about which you're podcasting or the art of podcasting itself, uh, you're going to get burned out. I mean, you, the job you have now, you may have been working there 20 years you probably didn't want to work there 18 of those 20 years, but you kept doing it because that puts food on the table and it's how you work. So you kind of have to have this workmanlike attitude uh, at some times during podcasting. So that's that's my first comment. Anybody have any rebuttal or, or anything like that? I'm, uh, first, I'm not buying that statistic. For I think that, that sounds like link bait. And, and it's you indeed that have, have said anytime you see a statistic – that talks about a percentage of anything you can easily call shenanigans yes. at that point. It's, it's relatively worthless. And the number seven is the, is the really catch there. Of course, they're going to say the number seven. It's and the perfect least, number of all things. It's, it's the perfect number in the United States to use is something like that. But the point is well made. I think a lot of people get into podcasts because for it is a great idea. And it's something I think everybody should try. But you should first pick a topic, of course, that interests you. And I think most people do. But they think about the first episode and what they will talk about. And I think a lot of people don't consider that they will need a a new episode every week 
you'll, you'll need to think about coming up with a new topic every week about that. Some topics lend themselves very easily. Um, I think of a podcast I thought would just never, when I first heard about it, I thought that will never work. And that's one from um, a podcast from another network uh, that's called This Week in Google. And I thought, what are they possibly going to talk about on This Week in Google? And of course, and once I sat down and thought about it, well, of course, look at all the things we just talked about Google. Look at all the things that Google does. Um, and, and they have material that kind of builds itself every week. If you don't have a topic like that, if your topic is how to quilt, you're really going to have to think long and hard about what I'm going to be able to talk about next week and the week after that and the week after that. And you should probably write out about 10 or 12 different topics right. just to see if it's something you'll be able to keep up with. I think a lot of people don't realize that, that you're, you're not only going to have to work hard to create the podcast, but ultimately you're going to need content. Yeah, when when I set out to be a podcaster with my first show, the show that launched the network, the Tightwad Tech, my uh, co-host and I uh, first started out doing it bi-weekly. We didn't think we could pull it off every week. Uh, and then we sat down and we came up with six months of bi-weekly shows, thinking we'll get a half hour of content out of it. It's going to be a half hour show. Uh, so we came up with six months of half hour shows and had that all planned and said, at the end of six months, we'll reevaluate and see how things go. Um, I would say the vast majority of podcasts don't ever start that way. You know, they start it with, hey, let's do a podcast. It'll be fun. I've got a mic. And then they go. Uh, so at the end of that six months, uh, our shows were not a half hour long. They were an hour to an hour and a half long. Uh, and we went to every week and up and, and we did two full years, over 100 episodes, uh, without ever missing a show. And then we went away for three months and missed a whole bunch <laughs> of shows. But uh, the point is uh, that that was a whole different thing. The point is when you start from a point of preparedness, it makes things a lot easier. But the burnout comes when you're lacking um, and you're you're waiting for the last minute, just like I said today, those things are exhausting, and it does wear you out. And it's it's more prone to burnout. If you're burned out, you're probably not planning. Yeah, I think um, a lot of burnout will occur when things aren't going in your mind the way you thought they were going to go. For example, people start podcasts for different reasons. If somebody starts a podcast to make money and they're not making a dime by the third episode, they're probably going to start stressing and probably burn out. Um, if somebody starts a podcast um, just for fun, that you also have a chance of it burning out because even if you start it for fun, you, you make a podcast because you want people to listen. And if your numbers don't improve and you find out nobody's listening to your show, that could be another reason for burnout. So um, it it's a tough, it's not, well, not tough, but there's more to podcasting than sitting behind a mic. I mean, it's creating content that you want people to listen to. So that entails marketing. If you don't do the marketing part, you're not going to increase your numbers. And if no improvement happens, you, there's a higher chance of burnout. So I'm, what I'm saying is, if you start a show and you keep seeing increases and improvements and things change from week to week, month to month, I think you have a better chance of uh, of not burning out. I think it's when you start to get stagnant that things start to get uh, just a little, I don't know, boring and tiring, and you know, makes you burn out a little bit more. And one of the things that I had in the notes there is we, quality is hard, and we've talked about that endlessly on this show. The first several episodes were all about quality, how to get uh, the best quality with you know with what you've got. But even harder than quality is consistency. 
um, because that requires, uh, you know, quality requires your best efforts and consistency, require, consistency requires your best effort over and over again. You can't slack off. You can't relax. So um, I, I always say don't start out with a weekly show. Um, if you've never done this before, you don't know the, the demands of a weekly show because you, you might think it's an hour a week. How hard is that? Well, an hour a week of of released podcast is anywhere between three and nine hours a week of actual work because there's the pre-planning, there's the execution, there's the post-production, then there's the publication. So there's a lot of stuff. I was I turned into a Southern Baptist preacher there. It was all the, all the alliteration. I had five points and a prayer. I was good to go. Um, but uh, uh, there's a whole lot more that goes into it than just the time on the mic, and that's what people – forget about. Uh, and so a, a good way to to avoid burnout from the beginning is to know what you're getting into. But as I said at the beginning, it's going to happen. You're all going to get burned out. So let's try to come up with some ideas. Why do you, how can you say that? Burnout. How can you say that? How can you say everybody's going to get burned out? I just think at some point okay. it's going to happen because you, you're going you're gonna to get tired. And uh, I'm not going to say you're going to- Why? Uh, because it's not- Why easy. do you think everybody's going to get tired? Because we're people, uh, and you know, I just think that that's the way people are. We, whatever we start, we end up fading. Um, and because you know, and it's in my own uh, existence, I've never done anything in my life that I enjoyed doing a hundred percent of the time, no matter how much I enjoy doing it. At some point, it always became drudgery. Um, yeah, I think I think if it keeps repeating in the same thing over and over every week, yeah, it will get like that. But that's, I mean. In other words, Mark, yeah, I agree with what you're saying. If you do keep things so consistent that nothing changes, yeah, it's going to get tiresome. But if you keep changing things up and improving things and improving your website, improving the graphics, getting more listeners, making more money, improving the stats, I don't know. I don't think burnout would happen. Well, I think that's an important point. Uh, important, <laughs> important point. Um, progress and improvement goes a long way. If there's something, you know, I, I just said I don't do a lot of tracking. Maybe maybe tracking is important just for yourself to see that improvement is happening. But then again, that can also be, you know, a double-edged sword. You can uh, find that you things aren't going in the right direction. It can be de- depressing rather than uplifting. So you got to be careful yeah. about, about that sort of stuff. You, setting goals is good, but if failing to meet those goals crushes you, you know, maybe you need to reexamine. I think you need to check because even if the stats are bad, you at least know you have to do something about it. Whereas before you're just like basically ignorant of it. But if that if that's not why you're doing a podcast in the first place, it doesn't matter. So right. So maybe I'm a little uh, overly negative. Maybe because I'm I'm burned out right now. But I think that uh, that it, it's just human nature. No matter what it is, at some point it's not going to be fun anymore. It's going to become toil. It's going to become a job. I mean, uh, every married man who gets married uh, feels that he's he can never love his wife more. It's it's going to be amazing and roses. And then five years in, you know, there has been a point, not constantly, but there has been a point at which his marriage became a drudgery. You know, it happens to everybody. I love how you carry, you put every, you use the word everybody. It's yeah, very it broad. Happens. Not- it happens. I'm just being honest. It's, it's the way life is. Uh, so I'm not saying that it lasted long. It might've just been for a day, you know? So, um. Okay, fine. You don't agree with me that it happens to everybody. Did it happen to you? I think I. Well, no, I'm not married, but I think no. That, I'm um, not, but podcasting. At some point, did you get burned out on podcasting? 
even for you know, even def- for a couple of weeks. Sure, sure. Yeah. But that the the reason I feel I got burned out on podcasting was I didn't like what I was talking about anymore. I, there was no interest in what I was talking about anymore. I, I kind of didn't mind the work. I like doing audio editing for some reason. I'm weird, but um, not t- not tons of it, Mike Mike Smith style. But I like setting levels and like getting getting it to sound good. Um, but the content when I lost interest in the content, that's when it really got tough for me, and that that was I guess you could consider that burnout, but. Yeah, it's. I just, I, I just, I guess what I'm worried about, Mark, is I don't want people to listen to the show and go, "Oh crap, I'm never going to start a podcast." Listen to these guys. Yeah, okay, I, I, I get your point. I, I maybe <laughs> I'm painting an overly bleak picture, but I look at it as just being honest. You know, it's just the okay. nature of man. Let's not pretend it doesn't exist. And maybe it's only going to last a little while, and maybe it'll be ten years from now. But I, I just think that everybody in any endeavor is going to come up to a point where they have to have that gut check moment. And that's what I'm calling burnout. It's when you have to have that gut check moment. Okay. I think everybody would do well to have their Dr. Phil moment. You should you should always have those times when you step back and you ask, well, how's that working for you? And and determine where you should be going at that point. It, it's uh, it, it gives you an opportunity to not only understand, well, should should I be doing this? Yes, I should absolutely be doing this. Then therefore, what do I need to make it different? What do I need to make it better? How can I keep myself interested in all of these things that we are doing? Um, what are some things that you guys did when you got to a moment where oh, I do not want to do the podcast this week? How did you psych yourself up for that? Yeah, we could talk. I, that gets a good idea. We should talk about what to do when you do get burned out. I mean, a couple of things that I did was when I <laughs> see that's the transition into- I was trying to make when you jumped on oh, me about stipulating <laughs> it from the beginning. <laughs> sorry. Um, all right. Well, I'll go over some of the things I did. Like when I completely lost interest in the content of a show or wasn't as much into it as I was before. Um, one thing I did was I, I switched out a host. I, I didn't host the show anymore. Um, that was one of the things I did. I still edited it and I still did the parts of it that I enjoyed, but I had somebody else host it. That's one thing you could do. Another thing is with uh, show notes. Uh, to me, I the first episode, I'm burned out on show notes. I hate <laughs> doing show notes. So it didn't take long for that. So uh, the whole time I've had my podcast network, I've been asking for volunteers for show notes. So I guess what I'm saying is delegate duties of things that are... are you don't want to do anymore. And if you got people in your community that are willing to do it, or if you have the money to pay somebody to do it, definitely do that and just keep doing the things you enjoy. I see in the notes, it says delegate mundane duties. And his first example was being a host. Yeah, that's why I, I saw that too. And I didn't want to connect those two. <laughs> no, that's definitely not mundane uh, being a host, but when, when it, that's, that was a, that was the reason why I got burned out on those shows. I just didn't fix computers anymore. And uh, the content wasn't as interesting to me. So, yeah, and I think that comes down to being self-aware. You know, if you, um, a lot of times, the burnout, the the drudgery, the the boredom comes from not paying attention to your own personality and your own cues. You know, uh, people will look up one day and wake up and say, "God, how did this happen?" Well, the fact is, it's been happening for eight months. You just weren't noticing. Yeah, yeah, you definitely, you definitely need to stay true to yourself. And you were talking about the gut. You got to follow your gut feeling. If that gut, you got that feeling in your gut, that means something. Go with your gut and don't force yourself to do things you don't want to do. 
Do you Jane guys use any? T- yeah. Do you guys use any tools to organize your podcast that way? Do you use uh, note taking software, or do you use to do lists to to do that kind of thing? I use Tootle Do. Uh, I use Evernote to try to arrange those things around. I sometimes when I'm working with those. And I, I put everything out in a very structured manner. It helps me understand what I want to do on the next steps of what I want to do and not necessarily content, not necessarily who's going to host this week, but also the other things we talked about. Uh, how do I market this better? Maybe if I uh, put some notes on Twitter, maybe I should create an email list and put a lot of, of things that perhaps you might never get to, but also get you thinking about driving the podcast forward. I use Google Docs for everything. Google Docs for the notes of the show. Google Docs got uh, uh, for for myself. So I have I have docs that say you know list of show ideas. Docs that say to things I need to do. Docs that say um, you know whatever. It's uh, that's the way I do it. Uh, and and for the same reason, probably you use Evernote. It's ubiquitous. You can get to it from anywhere. You can share it if you need to. It's formatable. I like that. I can do a spreadsheet. I can do a regular doc, uh, Word doc type thing. So that's that's the way I like to do it. Uh, but yeah, I do keep track of those things. I, I also have uh, benchmarks, uh, goals, um, documentation. When when we set out and we created Element OP Productions, we had a five year plan. This is where we want to be at the end of year one. This is where we want to be at the end of year two. This is where we want to be at the year, end of year three. Um, and we've, we've had to readjust that. We've Some goals we met way too soon and others we still haven't met yet. You know, first year goals, we're in our uh, working in our third year now and, and haven't hit those. So you have to constantly reassess that sort of stuff. But I think that's what keeps it vibrant is when you stay up on the little things. Part of it anyway. Yeah, for for me, I'm I'm much too um, careless and <laughs> um, unorganized to do those things that you said, James. Now I just kind of winged it the, my whole way through, and just if it kept doing what I felt was fun. But it it is a good idea to do much more planning than I commonly did to uh, set up your shows and you know determine where you want to go. Write battle plans every day, f- meet your targets. Um, this thing, there's probably things I could definitely could have done for Podnuts to keep it more interesting for me and that I didn't do. So, um, but but one one thing I do know about purposes, and I do apply this, or I try to, or at least I know that this is true, is when you start off trying to do something, and like a podcast. And you want something to happen with it. You want your numbers to get up to 5,000 listeners or something like that. And it just doesn't happen, doesn't happen, doesn't happen. You're stuck. Your numbers aren't rising. That tends to be a stop. That will slow you down and that will cause burnout. But what everybody can do when they run into a purpose that is stopped is go back and think about your original purpose, what you wanted to do when you... When you wanted to, what you wanted to do when you started and rekindle that in your mind. You got to get that fire burning again. Why did I want to do this? What was my original purpose? Just think about it again. Remember it again. Envision it again and get yourself fired up about it again. And you could get over that hurdle. You could get over the stop. But if you let the stops just wear you down, um, you're, you're going to finally just burn out and stop. So I say rekindle your purpose. It's good. It's good. Anything else? Nope. I like the 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 piece of advice you put in notes there, Steve. If you truly hate it, then you should stop. Yeah, that's one thing about burnout. If you're burned out because you just hate everything you're doing, then don't do it anymore. I guess there's legitimate burnout. You know what I mean? Maybe I don't know. 
you started podcasting and you realized you just hated it. So. Do you feel that there's sort of a unwritten obligation or contract that you have with your audience to keep doing stuff? You know, so if you uh, if you don't feel like doing it anymore, but your audience is still there every week and and clamoring for it, do you feel like you owe it to them? To, to keep going, do you ever find any external motivation, uh, motivation, motivation from that? That's a really good question. You know, most of the time, I don't feel like I, I owe them. What happens to me is I get positive feedback from my shows for whatever reason. Somebody sends me an email saying, Pod, what you talked about in PodNuts Daily totally changed the way I do business, and now I'm making twice as much money or something like that. Well, I feel like it these shows help people. And in my mind, I don't want to stop helping them. So it's not like I owe them, but I like the fact that the shows are helping them and I don't want that to stop. So that is motivation for me to continue doing shows, knowing that they're helping people. I have, in the course of this uh, network experience, had to kill two shows now. Um, And both times, I felt like I was letting somebody down. Uh, that that there was this this obligation. There were you know between dozens and hundreds of people uh, who who listen to the show every week, and now it's gone, and through no fault of their own, right? They did the only thing I ever asked them to do, and that is listen. But I didn't do my part, uh, and in both cases, it was uh, you know uh, other hosts couldn't go away or couldn't couldn't do it anymore, and I couldn't find people to pl- replace them. Um, so yeah, I, I for me, I consider that sort of a, a sacred obligation, uh, and maybe that's overstating it, but um, I consider it very important when people put their trust in me. You know, when they when they give me a spot on their MP3 player, that means something because there's a billion podcasts out there, and they've chosen me, and they've they've chosen to give me a slice, you know, an hour, hour and a half, or whatever, out of their lives every week. And that's a big deal, and I, I don't take that lightly. So when I get tired or bored or frustrated or don't want to do it anymore, uh, I kind of think back about that, that there's there's 100 people, there's 200 people, there's 1,500, whatever it is. There are people every week who like this show and listen to it and, and consider it a part of their weekly lives. That's a big deal. Yeah, I get what you're saying. I totally understand you. I think that's a big deal, too. But you got to realize, if you are burned out doing the show, if the burnout is because you just really don't want to do it anymore and you have legitimate just distaste of continuing doing that action, then your listeners will understand because they don't, they do like you. That's why they're listening to you. So they don't want you to be unhappy and they don't want you to force yourself to do something that you don't want to do. So that is greater than continuing to do it just for them. I don't know. You have different listeners than I do. My listeners want me to do things I don't want to do just to suit them. <laughs> it's entertainment. So I think you handled it on your, you know, your Podnut show. Um, that you got somebody else to, to do it that still had that passion. So it was a, uh, you know, I'm sure people were unhappy that it wasn't you anymore, but the content didn't go away. The show didn't go away, and I think that's a, a nice trade-off between the two. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely didn't want some of the shows that I that were really helping people to go away, and they won't. That's that's what I felt was right. That that's what made me feel good anyway. So James, you have sort of a different uh, t- take on this. You're 
uh, work tends to be more faceless in terms of the audience. I'm making an assumption there. Uh, you you throw things out on YouTube and and uh, people by the bazillions watch them because you're mega star famous. Uh, but um, it, do you still have that same sort of uh, emotional attachment that we're talking about? I I have. Um, I can't say I've hit I've hit a point where I've just got in front of my the office and got in front of the camera and said, you know, what? I'm just, uh, just I really don't want to do this anymore. I'm not not even close to that point yet. Um, I, I get a lot of feedback from listeners, from people who watch this, from people because of the type of material I'm doing. It's something that also helps other people when they are using it. They can actually get certifications and get a job by watching some of these videos I make. So I get a lot of really nice feedback, but because a lot of people watch, I also get some really, um, really pointed feedback. People on the internet um, are a vast cross section of people in the world, some of which are just absolutely wonderful to work with and every single bit of positive feedback I get is great. But um, I'm one of these people where I get hit in the face with a, a really nasty email and it just goes all over me. Got I'm really angry about that all day long. Do you remember that, that email someone sent to me? Uh, and over the years, I've just kind of gotten used to, oh, that's that's another one of those people who are sending me yes. the message. I don't have to worry about that. We can, and fortunately, right behind that is a nice tweet or somebody saying, hey, I passed my test yesterday. I'm thinking, right on. We did something good for the world. Um, it's like there's a, there's a country out there of the Jerkistan. Yes. All those people are from the Jerkistan. And so you just know that's their national way. That's the way they do things. That is. That's how they are. You just have to recognize that it's a cultural thing in Jerkistan. Um, <laughs> the, the, fortunately, the type of work I did, because I've done other things. I've written books. I've done uh, for purchase training materials. I've done other types of businesses. Uh, and um, And they were successful in their own way but they didn't give me a lot of reason to keep going. So when I, I built this, this crazy idea of, of Messer Studios and ProfessorMesser.com, I thought, how could I create a, a product or a service that actually was something that would make itself keep going? And so far we've been pretty successful with that, but I'm, I'm sort of leaning here with Steve, even with the, the numbers we're getting and the positive feedback we're getting, if it was something I didn't want to do, I wouldn't do it. That's, that's my number one recommendation. When people ask me, what should I do for a living? What should I do uh, at home? What type of things should I do? If I want to do a podcast, if I want to build a comp a business like yours, a company and grow it like this, what should I do? Do what makes you, makes you happy. If it's something that's not making you happy, don't go like that. Doctor, it hurts when I go like this. Don't go like that. Don't do that. Um, that, that is not uh, worth your time as a human being on this earth with the small amount of time we have available. Go find something that makes you incredibly happy. Make, don't, don't just throw everything away and say, I'm not going to do anything. Have a goal of what you'd like to do, of what you know would make yourself happy. Create a path to that and go follow that path. That's that's my only recommendation. I'm just lucky enough that I managed to put together all those crazy pieces and say, here's something we can do that would be would be better. What I would love to do more of it. I would love to be able to pump out more of those things. I'm disappointed that I can't do more faster. Um, those darn laws of physics. Uh, and as long as I can keep that type of motivation going, I feel pretty good. Hopefully we're not going to run into that that pod fade with those videos anytime soon. Good advice, James. Yeah, I think uh, what what maybe a lot of those people run into 
and what I've certainly run run into in my life is uh, the podcasting is a part of what I do. It's not all I do. You know, I have a job that I work, you know, uh, 50 hours a week, and then I have a family that I, I devote time to, and then podcasting is something that, you know, sort of on top of that. And, and uh, I, I, you know, one of the reasons we do things late at night is because I like to do, my, my daughter asked me that today, why do you always do your podcasts, you know, after we're in bed? I said, because you're in bed. I want to spend my time with you. And while we're up, uh, while you're up, we can play and we can have tickle fights and we can we can be a family. Then when you go to bed and I'm not missing any of that, then I do the podcast. So that's where it fits in my life right now. It's a it's an additive. So if I ever get um, burned out and it's happened, I felt you know bored and and down and just not wanted to do it. And I'm standing upstairs at the door to the basement where I come down to my studio and go, here we go again. Um, Art of podcasting again. Yeah. Gee. The reason I get that way is usually because the other stuff in my life has taken so much out of me, I don't have anything left for this. But, you know, that's how it should be. If being a dad and a husband takes all my energy, that that's a good thing. There's nothing wrong with that. So uh, I would love to be able to only work one job, and, and I want this to be that job. You know, and and I would hope that at some point that becomes the case that I that I can divert devote the same fifty hours a week I do to making other people money now to making myself money. So uh, we can stop I, shooting it, these podcasts at three in the morning. Yeah, that would be nice. It really would. Uh, so that's that's something I cling to when I get uh, burned out and tired and and not wanting to do it anymore is this is the, the dues paying time, every job, every career, whatever you do, you start out at the bottom, you have to pay your dues and work your way up. And, you know, in 20 years, when I am, uh, a professional media personality, I will simply look back on this time as dues paying. And if you keep it for me anyway, I don't know if it'll work for everybody, but for me, if I keep that mindset, it helps put things in perspective. And, you know, the the last job I left that I worked at for 15 years, you know, by the time I was, you know, 15 years in, I was the senior guy. I was the top dog. But the first year sucked. It was hard work. And I did a lot of stuff and I didn't get any recognition. So sometimes I'm in that with this career. Sometimes I get in that mode and I'm listening to the people from the Jerkistan and they're getting on into my head. And I have to remember this is the ground and I'm working up, and, and I have to keep a 20-year mindset. That helps me. And I think a lot of podcasts don't even have a 20-podcast mindset, let alone a 20-year mindset. Right. That's interesting, Mark. <laughs> so interesting, nobody has anything to say about it. <laughs> I just, it's interesting. I mean, I don't know. It, it just seems... I don't know if you look at it that way. Does it seem fun? I mean, it seems like you're telling yourself, I'm at the bottom now. This is work, and it will pay off in the end. T to me, it seems like, I don't know, it's, that's not very fun to think that way. Well, those are the times when it's not fun that I'm saying okay. that. When I'm having a good time, those I don't need to say that. Okay. But when it's not fun, when I find myself in those moments where I've got six shows stacked up on the hard drive that I've got to edit, and all of them go out in the next 48 hours... Um, you know, that's, that gets you through. that's when I'm thinking, all right, this, I just got to push through and yeah, I won't get to bed until four o'clock in the morning, but that's all right. This is those times when I've got to pay my dues. Well, let me ask you this. What's going to happen in 20 years when you feel like your dues are paid? Why don't you just make that happen now? What, what is that thing that's going to happen that 
you would do in 20 years that you're not doing now? Well, if I were a single guy with no kids and no wife, I'd quit my job and just do this. And I'd be so freaking motivated by hunger or the threat of hunger that I would really be out there and I would be marketing and I'd become that guy. Uh, so that's, you know, that's the difference. And that's what I hope is going to happen in time that I'm going to build a name for myself and I'm going to be able to demand a price for what I do. And I'm going to, to be able to speak with some authority and people will listen. But in the time, in the meantime, I've got to, I've got to build up that cachet. You know, there's a, there's a study, there's been a number of books written about it where, uh, you got to put 10,000 hours into something to be at the top of your field at whatever that is. So I'm building my 10,000 hours. That's the way I look at it. But what would you do? At, I'm sorry, man. I got to keep asking this. This is interesting to me. I'm sorry. I'm not trying to like be mean or anything. But what would you do at the end of those 10,000 hours that you can't do right now? Well, I would feel uh, confident in demanding um, money, in, in this case, an advertiser. I would feel better about going to an advertiser and saying, I'm really good at this. And here's a body of my work. And here's 15,000 weekly listeners who agree that I'm really good at it. I just don't think I'm at a point right now to be able to do that. I get you. That makes sense. So I've got to build that foundation, and then I can then I can be cocky. Then I can go in and say, "You need me as one of your. Uh, you need to sponsor me. You need me as your mouthpiece for your product." And here's why: I have I have this much experience. I have these qualifications. The same way I do when I go into a job interview now, right? Because I've got 15 years in my field. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not begging for a job anymore. I'm negotiating salary and and demanding a window office. You know that's the difference. I get you. Cool. It's just just that's the way I look. I have a long term view of things, um, and I believe in the value of of work. And and when things stop being fun, I remind myself that work in itself is valuable. There's head nodding going on there, but uh, that's not compelling. Yes, audio. sorry. I, I, I'll make a sound every time I nod my head just for the audio. <laughs> clink, 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 clink. I thought you could hear the <laughs> rattling. I apologize. So, what do you think? You're very business minded. I would think that that mindset appeals to you. It does. I, I, I think the worst thing is that you don't want to be in that situation. You should probably make some plans not to be in that situation to begin with. Some of those things I mentioned earlier about. What do you want the podcast to be? What's the format going to be? How do you know that it's going to be a success? Um, effectively, you're building a business plan. Even if you're not in it to make money, you should still think about it as something that will structurally be around next week, the week after that, the next month, the next year. And you should have some goals about what you'd like to do with it. Because if you don't have goals, then you're not even going to approach it in a way where you even know where it's going. So there's no direction whatsoever, you're certainly going to lose interest in it very, very quickly. But if you know there are certain goals you want and certain things you want to accomplish by having that podcast, you can avoid having some of those pod fade type feelings happen to begin with. You know, and I hope you could tell as a listener that that I'm I'm passionate about this, right? I get animated, I get loud, I, st I talk uh, quickly. That's passion. That's, I'm not angry at anybody. Um and if you if you don't have that kind of passion, then then maybe you shouldn't be doing this, you know. And, and that we've said that a hundred times in over the show is the first thing you have to have is a passion, and the the talent you can figure that out. You can work on the talent. Uh, you got to have the passion first. And so I, I think 
when you have those burnout moments is when, like Steve said, you lose your passion. You got to find a way to get remotivated. Um, and there's different ways of doing that. You can look at your goal. You can go back and say, you know, this is where I wanted to be, and th- I'm not there yet. But look how far I've come. That works for some people. If you're a, a, a performance metric kind of person, um, you can uh, think about the community that you've built. Look at all the friends that I have now that I didn't have that specifically come out of this podcast. Or you could do what both James and Steve have said. Look at all the people I'm helping. James has gotten people jobs because of the work he does. Steve has made people better at their jobs and, and encouraged people to, to go out and start their own businesses and succeed and, and move from the drudgery of the factory job to the job they enjoy working out of their, the garage. Th- those are big deals. So you've got to build up your, your things that you're going to look at, the things that are going to motivate you. If you're motivated specifically by money, then you probably should look at something other than podcasting to start with. Or you, should, pod- or you should podcast about money. There you go. Do a podcast <laughs> about making people money. <laughs> you know, you, you, I think you really nailed it with the passion versus talent thing. I mean, I wouldn't even worry about talent. If you want to do something and you're passionate about it, that usually will make somebody else interested enough to listen to you. Where somebody who's not too passionate about something but tries to perfect their talent at doing it is just going to come off fake. So, yeah, the passion is such a key part of podcasting. If, if anyone's ever wondering if a podcast is right for them, I've always recommended that they write a book. If you've ever gone through the process of writing the book, it is the most tedious, ponderous, gut-wrenching, boring process you might think about. And you have to be so into the topic that there could be nothing that could take you away from your passion of that topic. And writing a book tests every possible interest level you have for that particular topic if you can write a book on it you can easily podcast that topic <laughs> good one and podcasting is easier than writing oh yes all right so that, that was a good conversation we yelled at each other we argued you know, oh, dare that's, you. That's it was it was almost so the like, last episode of the art of podcasting everyone yeah, thanks for yeah. joining us and it was it was kind of like donahue like there for just a minute so that was that was nice <laughs> That was fun. So, I, did we did we cover the subject? Any, anybody else have anything that not in the notes or that we we didn't uh, cover? I don't want to cut anybody off because this is such an important thing. I, I think um, the key to avoiding burnout is remembering your passion, and I, I think we've said that a thousand different ways. But let me sum that up in the last sentence there: When you find yourself burned out, it's because most likely you've lost your passion. Yeah. Find out why you were doing it in the first place and just rekindle that. And find out what's stopping you and handle those stops. And maybe you're trying to do too much. You know, as I've said, I do five shows a week. Um, A lot of people try to start out doing several shows a week, doing too much, and they quickly get overwhelmed. Maybe drop it back down to the one that you really like. Yeah. Put the others on hold for a while and, and come back to them. It's a good tip. Speaking of tips, let's move on to our lessons learned this week that may or may not have anything to do with the show. But uh, I'm going to start off by saying that this is not something new to me, but something that I was reminded of, that um, GPS is the best use of public money 
ever. And I was I was thinking about that as I was driving around this new place that I don't know very well. Other than going home and work, I pretty much use my GPS for everything else. I, I look up something on on Google, or I just you know because I have an Android phone, I push the the magnifying glass and hold it and talk into it, and say dry cleaners and it gives me several options and i go to the next one so i just love gps it's not a sexy thing you know it's it's satellites orbiting in space sending uh i think 3300 baud signals back and forth it's not sexy but man when you put it all together with a with a slick software it's amazing and i think that maybe the interstate road system comes first and gps comes second as the best use of public funds ever that sounds cool. I lo- I'm a fan of GPS too. And and uh, interestingly enough, military funds. Yes, yes, that's your defense budget that everybody wants to cut. Uh, so anyway, uh, James, what about yourself? My tip uh, this week is that um, we always tell you how to plan, and my tip for you is that there will be a time, and it may be this week previous maybe yesterday it was where even with the most detailed plans in the world the universe can still shut you down whenever it would like i do a a monthly uh a plus study group on my site it's a live stream and for the past two months i've been working on getting a live dial-in and uh, i finally this past month set up a live skype dial-in so that anywhere in the world somebody could hop on skype and for free call in interactively during the show and ask a question it's a great idea and, and it, it was set up to work perfectly the morning of the event the service that provides that skype dial-in went belly up completely down in fact you look at the they host many 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 shows and every single one of the shows show that these shows are live right now with zero participants. Just a big page of donut holes. Nothing there. And you had two to choose from when you did your research, right? Oh, yes. I, I picked this one. So <laughs> if anybody needs stock tips, you know where not to go from now on. Um, so that was out. I just completely <laughs> chunked the idea of taking live calls during that event. And it worked out okay. But it, I really wanted to do the live calls. And I wasn't able to promote it or use it. Uh, I was sending tweets out to other people who were supposed to be having shows at that time. And they're like, yeah, can't get in, can't do anything. Uh, those people are really uh, in bad shape because they used that service exclusively. I had a live stream set up to do this, which is the other problem with the universe is I ran my live stream and the justin.tv stream that I was using had constant congestion. I had to stop the stream and restart three or four times during the study group. Um, just, just one problem after another, I was waiting for that third thing to happen and, uh, it didn't fortunately, but so best of plans, but there you go. You can only do so much. Yes. As, as they say, the best laid plans of mice and men there. I didn't have any mice. Maybe if you had, it would have been better. I'll work on that next time. Uh, check with Nim. All right. <laughs> geek joke, middle school geek joke. Um, Steve, how about yourself? My lesson learned is pretty general, but it's to keep learning. No matter what you are involved in, keep learning about it. Um, keep expanding your knowledge of certain subjects that you need to excel in. I mean, 
I felt like I wasn't reading enough and doing enough research into things, and I was just kind of working the last few weeks, and I just started to feel a little stagnant and not as quick, and my mind was a little slower than it was. And I started just listening to podcasts about things I'm interested in and reading more books and learning about the areas I want to learn about, and it just, it just I think it's really a good idea to just constantly keep learning in your life and uh, never stop. There's so much knowledge to be had out there, and once you know how, how to do something, you can control it. You can better yourself, and I know it's very general. And for me, it was more of a specific thing. But the, you know, the whole end result is to keep learning. Absolutely. Uh, <clears throat> coming from an education background, uh, learning for me is is very important. It's paramount, and I think that uh, a day where you didn't learn something is is a day that you should wasted your life. Right, you know, what's the point of even being alive if you can't learn something? So, if I sat down and watched like Mari Povich all day, would would you consider that not learning something? No, you would probably have learned that you shouldn't sit down and watch Mari Povich <laughs> all day. You would learn that you were not the father. Yeah, I mean, it, it doesn't have to be big things, you know. But uh, learning, I, I think it's important to uh, keep the the. Uh, I'm sorry. I, I'm I'm going way off into the science here. There's there's a neurogenesis. There's a creation of neural bonds that happen when you learn something new, and the studies have shown that people who stop learning, their brains literally start decaying, and doing things like you know Sudoku puzzles can can help Alzheimer's patients. You know, just think anything like that. Any uh, learn that that point where it's it's confusing and frustrating like you see you're learning to juggle and you're like i'm never going to get this it's terrible i i really suck at it that's actually the best time neurologically speaking when you get pretty good at it that's when all the, the neurons have been mapped you need to move on to something else so you need to spend your life yeah. constantly sucking at something and that's that's <laughs> the how the how the hell how to have a healthy brain i'm very oh, healthy. that sucks <laughs> that sucks because that's so uncomfortable sucking at things yeah, and it's best if there's a kinesthetic element. So take yoga, then take taekwondo, and then learn to ballet dance. If you can involve the mind and the body at the same time, it's not, how not did kinesthesia. Kinesthesia is bo- uh, position of body, right? Uh, yeah, kinetics, a uh, motion. Okay. Yeah. Sorry, I, I. It's that's the way my twisted brain works. You mentioned that, and I went off on a tangent. Oh, I like tangents. <laughs> I'm, I'm more of a cosine guy myself. <laughs> Okay, this is the part of the show where you plug your stuff. Ready? Go, Steve. Buy my stuff. It's good. No, really, if you want to want to learn more about podcasting in video form, I did a whole mess of videos over at howtopodcast.biz, new low price, and um, get them while supplies last. They are downloadable, so the supplies will always last, but... <laughs> You never know. The server could go down or something. All right. And James? If you're looking for an IT certification, be sure to stop by Professor Messer. We have free training videos. Every minute of every training course I create is absolutely free to watch. And you can see the entire index of our A+, Network+, Security+, Linux videos, and much more at ProfessorMesser.com. And my name is Mark, and you can find me where you found this podcast at elementop.com. Go check out some of the other shows we do, some about education, some about um, podcasting, some about Linux, some about weight loss, some about just being goofy. 
And when I say some, I mean one uh, of each of those things. Uh, so check it out. Also, you can find the forums there. You can find a big fat contact us button right at the top of the page where you can do like Bjorn did and uh, email us a question and we will read it and try to answer it or in his case, not answer it, but get 15 minutes of not answering out of it. Uh, you, if you'd like to leave us a voicemail and have your voice on our show, you could do that. There's a uh, leave us a voicemail button. You click that, enter your phone number, enter your name. Name is optional, but we got to have your phone number. And Google Voice will call you, and then you can record a message up to three minutes in length, and we will play it on the show. I would really like to hear a voicemail. I mean, I, who, the only pe- person who's called us is Door to Door Geek. Is that right? Um, I think maybe yes. I would love to hear a voicemail from you guys. I don't even call. I don't care if you just call and say hi. We yeah, want to hear. And and what James said, uh, one of the points we, we kind of glossed over, and I wanted to circle back. Um, feedback is critical to a host to help avoid burnout. So uh, you know when I talked about that contract between the listener and the host, it's our duty to to bring you stuff. It's your duty to feedback to us to let us know if we're doing it well and you know and and maybe lay off on when we're not because <laughs> oftentimes people are are quick to to comment when they don't like something but they don't say anything when they do like something and and you have no idea how valuable a kind word or hey I love the show can be to a host who's having a really bad day and really thinking I may just chuck this whole thing you may you may find a guy who's at that point of like I am done with this show. I never want to do it again. I'm I'm finished. And then he gets an email saying, "Hey, I really love your show. I it, I you know learn something every week. It's a lot of fun. Thanks for doing it." And that totally changes the attitude. It does. I've had emails that just totally turn my day around. So so you know not just this show, but if you're listening to the show, you're probably listening to other podcasts too. So. Go out there and leave some feedback on our show, on other shows. Let people know. It, it's it's amazing the impact that you can have if you did that. If everybody who listened to this show sent me an email every week, I would never stop doing shows. Because I was like, look at that. Look at these people who are engaged and involved. Uh, and it would totally charge me up. Yeah. And for your feedback for all the other shows, just tell them about our show. <laughs> you In your feedback. <laughs> Thank you, Steve and James, for the frank and honest discussion that I have come to know and rely on from you. Uh, (laughs) I appreciate you being with us. Uh, Thank you for listening, and I'm going to call it and say that ends this episode of The Art of Podcasting.